Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello Colts fans, this is the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host Jake Arthur here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes as well. The only way for us to show up on these NFL podcast charts is for you guys to subscribe, rate, and review, so we'd appreciate it tremendously. Thank you guys a ton for joining me today. On the show, we're going to break down the Colts' 24-10 loss at home to the Baltimore Ravens. Things started out pretty well for the Colts. Uh, They went up 7-0 and controlled things for most of the first half. However, a fumble return by the Ravens' defense late in the first quarter really just killed any mojo that the Colts had offensively uh, for, for really the most part of the rest of the game. The defense did a really good job, though, against reigning NFL MVP Lamar Jackson but there's only so much you can do. Before we go any further, let's turn to our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you once again by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Leading into this game in the pregame show, we talked with Dave Mason from Bet Online about how a defensive or special teams touchdown was a really appealing bet for this matchup. And that came true as the Ravens returned a Colts fumble for a touchdown. So hopefully you guys took our advice there. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Colts are now 5-3 after Sunday's game, which shuffled them to the seventh seed in the AFC playoff race since both Tennessee and Baltimore won. The Raiders and Dolphins are also playing as I speak, so that could shake things up as well, uh, even more with both of them sitting at 4-3. The Colts play again this Thursday, November 12th in Tennessee, so that game is pretty huge now that they lost to Baltimore. Uh, Speaking of this game specifically, there was only one significant injury to note going into it, and that was wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, who was out with a groin injury. In his career, the Colts are now 1-10 when he's unable to play. Fellow wide receiver Ashton Doolin also missed the game with a knee injury, but they had more reinforcements for him being out, and that included us getting another look at rookie DeMichael Harris. Throughout the game, we did also see Darius Leonard get banged up a little bit after getting leg-whipped, but he did come back, and also tight end Jack Doyle left the game under the concussion protocol. 
The Colts dominated the game in the first half, even though the score was only 10-7 to at halftime. It just felt much farther apart than that. And then the Colts offense just totally disappeared coming out of the locker room. And that's me being generous to say that they even came out of the locker room, honestly. In the first half, the Colts offense had 201 yards and 10 points. And then in the second half, they had 138, including just one yard in the third quarter. And then, of course, zero points. The defense really did all it could. They contained Lamar Jackson very well and really only had one real rough drive against him. After the game, head coach Frank Reich said that he thought they shut down Baltimore's offense, and I'd have to agree. The defense played at a high-profile playoff level on Sunday, but the offense just let them down. That's a perfect segue into our discussion on the offense. On the day, they had 339 yards of offense on 65 plays, which is 5.2 yards per play. They went 2 of 12 on third down, which is just 16.7%, so back in the dumps there. Uh, they were 2 of 4, also on 4th down at 50%, which is, you know, about about where you hope to be. I mean, you'd want to be further along and perfect, but realistically, 50% on 4th down is okay. And then they were 1 of 2 in the red zone. Uh, they also turned the ball over twice. They had 227 net yards passing. Quarterback Phillip Rivers went 25 of 43, which is 58.1% for 227 yards which is a not great 5.3 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, and one interception. We will absolutely get to that later. Uh, He was also not sacked and had a passer rating of 62.8. The most productive receivers on the day were rookie Michael Pittman Jr., who led the way with 56 yards on four catches, Zach Paschal with 55 yards on five catches, Mo Alley-Cox with 43 yards on three catches, and to Michael Harris, who had 27 yards on four catches, as well as 28 yards on two carries. He's a really exciting player that I think we need to see more of. This has only been his second uh, his second appearance, but he's done he's done pretty much the, the same thing in both performances. If there's someone out there that's picking up gobs of yards and creating yards after the catch, and who can turn the corner, why not get him more involved? The Colts had a pretty good day running the ball from a team perspective for what they actually committed to. They tallied 112 yards on 21 carries, which is a 5.3 average, which is really good, and a touchdown. Jordan Wilkins led it with 39 yards on 11 carries, and Jonathan Taylor had 27 yards on 6 carries and the touchdown. He also lost the fumble that was returned for a touchdown and was basically put on the back burner after that. Coach Reich has said the last two weeks that it's just a rotational or a hot hand thing, but it's really hard to see it 100% that way from the outside when you contextualize the situations. So this was a game that was so close that the Colts really needed every single break that they could afford offensively. Uh, This loss is not on the officials, but they had at least three things that really did not go their way in the officiating department, and I'm probably leaving out at least one or two. There was the hit on Jack Doyle that put him in the concussion protocol. Uh, he was blasted in the head-neck region and put out for the game, and there was no flag. You could even make an argument that he was a defenseless receiver if you wanted to. Uh, but however you look at it, there should have been a flag there. There was also the no-call pass interference against Zach Paschal on fourth down in the second half. Uh, that would have given the Colts a first down, but it killed their drive. 
And then last and most notable was the interception by Marcus Peters that really should not have been allowed, let alone overturned in their favor after replay. Uh, This wasn't just a Colts homers bitching thing either. People all over Twitter among all fan bases were questioning it as well. Uh, As I'm sure most of you probably agree, Phillip Rivers was not happy about the interception call on the field, and he spoke about that and more after the game. You you guys, in recent weeks, it seems like you've had some success taking shots down the field. Uh, Today, you you took a lot. You just couldn't connect. What what do you think kind of was the issue there? Because some of them didn't didn't look like you guys were in sync there. Well, you know, they 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 mixed a little more cover two today than they had than they had played, Um, and so they've been just such a man team. Obviously, had had played some two. It wasn't like that was completely unorthodox for them, but just not as much of it. So. Uh, the looks didn't come up quite as good. A couple of those, uh, and then just a couple of close misses, you know, and then obviously the the, uh, the one that was a turnover that was just poorly thrown, just underthrown. So, um, yeah, I mean, un- unfortunate because it wasn't our best day, but it wasn't terrible day. We were rolling pretty good in the first half, but anytime you turn it over and they score with it, and then you throw, you know, the interception to start the third quarter after the defense got a turnover, um, we just couldn't overcome those. And um, you know, uh, this is the if there's ever a week you got a new Cheppy. As we say, it's this week because uh, Thursday will be here in a hurry. So we got to put this one behind us and, and get ready for the Titans. Joel Erickson. Philip, on the, on the interception, is that is that just kind of a ball placement thing where you'd rather get it more to the outside where Peters can't get it? To, yeah, it's just to it. throw. Uh, he's not necessarily uh, what you'd call you know running wide open by any means. Uh, he had his back turned, which is what really kind of uh, enticed me to throw it. Uh, just It was just under throw. It was a poor throw. Jim Ayala. Just first glance, did you think that was an interception? And then did you think they were going to call it that after the replay? No, I didn't. He didn't. And most, and, 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 but, you know, it's gotten so, it's some of them have worked in our favor in the teams I've been on over the years and some haven't, but it's gotten so really jacked up of how the catch rule is. I mean, nobody that's played any amount of football or that has been around the game watched that and thought it was a catch including the guy that dropped it. Um, but, you know, you can slow it down to milliseconds and you can just make it a technicality about three feet touch the ground, even though, you know, you know, somebody that's sitting back watching this probably hadn't thrown a football in his life gets to call it. So, Mike Chappell. Philip, as long as you play, was today, a, I don't know if you were looking to make a statement as a team today playing against Baltimore to show you belonged in the upper echelon. Was it a missed opportunity or is that overblown? You know, I mean, it's a, shoot, it's a 16 game. It's a long season. Certainly, uh, this is a playoff football team. They've been in it for the last couple of years. They're a good football team um, uh, that we played today. But, um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that statements do you any good unless you finish the year off right. Um, so, um, you know, you know, it's one we let get away. It's one that they earned. They beat us. Uh, but it's not – Anything that shoot, we got to just pick up and move forward. So a few more here, Zach Kiefer. So where do you where do you see the offense at right now? Is, is it good enough in your eyes? I mean, you guys get hot once a week, and, and this week, you know, you can't finish it in the second half. Do you feel like this offense is good enough to bounce back and keep it going the rest of the way? Yeah, we're, we're going to find out. But yeah, I think we are good enough to bounce back. I mean, we played one of the best defenses uh, in the league. That doesn't so to us, that's not an excuse to not get it done. I'm just saying there is a defense over there trying to stop us that's pretty dang good. Um, 
but yes, I think we are good enough. We'll find out, but we'll find out. I mean, the proof will be in what happens Thursday, then the following Sunday, and the following Sunday. I mean, on for the next nine weeks. But um, it's been good enough uh, this year so far. Five games, so uh, we'll, you know, five of eight. It's been good enough. We'll go last one here, Bob Kravitz. Hey, Philip, could you take us through that fourth and inches play? Um, they got a lot of a lot of pressure, obviously. And also, were you at all surprised that you didn't kick the field goal there? You know, I think there, you know, you got a chance to go try to make it. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown if I if I get it off. And mm -hmm. we knew that they like to run zero pressure. We knew I was going to have to drift and, and, and make the throw. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. I mean, it's, it's kind of selling out, you know, for a, for a all or nothing there. Um, you know, you, you trust you, you trust Frank and the staff and the decision we make there. I mean, you can't you can't get you still got to score and go for two. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of part of it. You know, they went for it on fourth and three, or, you know, early, uh, fairly early, late in the third quarter um, there at midfield. So sometimes you just got to go with your gut there. I, I thought, you know, we had a chance. I don't know exactly what happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, but, uh, a tough, tough play in that regard. Last thing I want to go back to on the interception, because I'll probably get in trouble for saying that about a guy that hadn't thrown football. But um, <laughs> is, is they called it an interception, so it's an interception. The bottom line is I shouldn't throw the ball or shouldn't have thrown it short. You throw it short, you leave it in other people's hands, you never know what will happen. As I mentioned, the Colts defense had a really solid game. The Ravens had just 266 yards of offense on 63 plays, which is 4.2 yards per play. They went 5 of 13 on third down, which is just 38.5%, and they converted their only fourth down. All of those things together, if your offense even just has an average good day, the, you know, that, that should have been a win. I think that's what makes this all most frustrating. Uh, continuing on, the Ravens were also 2 of 3 in the red zone, which is 66%, and they turned the ball over once. Uh, that was a fumble forced by DeForest Buckner and recovered by Darius Leonard. Leonard then lost control of it. It popped up in the air, but then it was snatched out of the air by Bobby Okereke. That recovery gave the Colts a seventh consecutive game with a takeaway, which is their longest streak since in between 2017 and 2018, which stretched for 13 games. The Colts did a really good job of swarming and attacking the ball. They had nine tackles for loss for a second consecutive game, and they're just one of two teams, along with the Steelers, to have back-to-back -back games of nine tackles for loss this season. In the first half, all five of Baltimore's offensive drives ended in punts. They had just 55 yards of offense going into the locker room, including 18 rushing, even though they were the number one rushing attack in the league coming in. The 55 total net yards in the first half were the fewest allowed by the Colts in the first half since 2014. If you were watching on TV, everyone was saying, you know, what's wrong with Lamar Jackson? Should we start worrying about him? Blah, blah, blah. And then he came out in the second half and just really turned on his MVP prowess. Uh, for the whole game, the Ravens had 156 net yards passing. Jackson went 19 of 23, which is 82.6% for 170 yards, which is a 7.4 YPA. He had no touchdowns or interceptions and a passer rating of 97.5. Uh, he was sacked twice, once by Al-Kadeen Muhammad and the other by Danico Autry. Uh, for Autry, that's his third sack in the last two games and his team leading fifth of the season. The Colts did a great job of stifling the running backs. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards rushed 23 times combined for 53 yards, which is just a 2.3 average and one Edwards touchdown. 
Not factoring in Jackson's rushing, the Ravens had 52 yards as a team on 25 carries. Including Jackson's rushing, they had 110 yards on 38 carries, uh, which is still a 2.9 average and a pair of touchdowns. Darius Leonard had a huge game. Uh, He led all players on the field with 15 tackles, including one for loss and the fumble recovery. With his performance, he passed former Colts linebacker Jeff Harrod for the third most tackles in a player's first three seasons in franchise history. Uh, Harrod had 331, and we still have half a season to go. So uh, Leonard is, is definitely bound to keep making his way up that list. Leonard's 13 solo tackles are the most in the NFL in a single game this season, and his 15 total tackles are tied for the third most in a single game this season. Those 13 solos are tied for the second most in a single game since 2018, and Leonard is the only player who has had more in a game during that time frame when he had 15 in Week 2 of 2018. Grover Stewart and Al-Kadeen Muhammad also had pretty good games. Uh, Muhammad, as we mentioned, had the sack. Between the two of them, uh, they had eight tackles, four for loss, a sack, a pass breakup, and one quarterback hit. The Colts defense, of course, had a really good day, and the star of the show, Leonard, spoke to the media afterwards. As always, um, you know, this was a loss. He seems to have a broader view of the team's performance and wasn't satisfied despite his huge performance. Darius, what, what does it say about this defense that you guys did that to that running game? Um, yeah, it just let us know that, um, you know, with all the, the circuit stuff that they run, the college stuff, and, um, you know, just playing against the run, you know, we, 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 we're a good team, you know, stopping the run, but we, we got to do, we got to be way better. Um, I think they rushed for um, 110 total. That, that can't happen. Um, we we got to get off the field. We got to, we got to, we got to make a play somehow. Phil B. Hey, Darius, um, we know you're excited every day you put a uniform on, no matter where it is, but were you just a little more jacked uh, chirping at Lamar today and playing against him? I'm not going to say um, more jacked just because of playing against Lamar. You know, just every time I step on that field, you know, it's, it's a blessing. Um, I have my family in the stands, you know, my, my family 12 hours away. So, you know, just having them in the stands, you know, you want to go out and put put good tape out there, you know, just to make them proud. And, you know, you want to go out there and play for your teammates and, you know, just playing against this offense, you know, that dynamic offense, you know, playing against a guy like Lamar Jackson. You, you got to want to step up. You got to want to step up, you know, take responsibility and just want to go out there and be there. Well, three more, Zach Kiefer. Darius, do you feel like you guys missed one today in terms of the defense was lights out in the first half and you guys just couldn't close in the second half and they just, they just worked? Um, I just, I just felt like, you know, we got to find a way to get the field. Um, you know, first half, I think we, we played okay. The second half that we got to find a way to uh, make a stop, you know, first drive, you know, get the fumble. Uh, then, you know, the second, um, you got a sudden change. We got to once again, rise up to the occasion. And we didn't do that. We got to find a way. If you want to be a great defense, you got to do that. And we didn't do that today. So hopefully, you know, we got to take it to the chin, you know, all focus now, you know, take all the anger and everything out against uh, Tennessee Titans coming up. And that's, you know, that's the main focus now. Hey, Lieutenant Kind of coming off that, I know obviously it's a short week, so you don't get as much rest as you normally would. But when you have a loss like this, is it, especially for a guy like you who's all about juice, do you look forward to getting back on the field even sooner? <laughs> you know it. Um, you know, especially after a loss. After a loss, you know, you want to play the next day. You know, you want to go out and, you know, get, get this – 
bad taste after your mouth. So, you know, we're eager. We, we're ready to, um, to go out there and play Thursday and, you know, hopefully get a divisional win, you know, get his, just to get his nicest taste out of, out of our mouth. Well, last one here, George Bremer. Darius DeForest just said that uh, there were little errors, little mistakes in the second half. Is this just another reminder of how small the margin of error can be against teams of, of that caliber? Oh, without a doubt, you know, especially when you're playing against, um, you know, option team, you know, it's all about, you know, doing, doing your job. And, you know, with those small, those small errors there, especially with a, you know, a quarterback as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. And, you know, he's going to pull the ball, you know, he's going to run, he's going, you know, he's going to find a way to get the job done there. So, you know, we just, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. We can't do that against a great team. And, you know, we, we, you see that today. That's why we came out with the L. And that is all I've got for you today, guys. Uh, it's time to flip the page quickly as, as the Colts don't have to wait until Sunday to play again. Thank you so much for being with me today after a tough Colts loss that they really shouldn't have dropped. Remember to please subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. Again, that helps put a lot more eyes and ears on us and helps us move up those podcasting charts. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, and more. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts, and me personally at JakeArthurNFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as JakeArthur underscore on Instagram. You can find my written work with Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. For this postgame feature, uh, I'm going to be writing about the defense doing all that it could to stay in the game, but the offense faltering. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. Today's show was sponsored by Bet Online. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcasts, please contact believe at believe.com or if you're interested in just our show, shoot me an email. Remember that the Colts play on Thursday out in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans this coming week. Uh, so my written and podcast content is all going to be shoved together in the next few days. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.